Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Go to... Go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Aries, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up? Welcome to the Canes Train Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's me, Zach. I'm back here with you again, as always. Um, And also with us, as always, well, not as always, but recently and hopefully to continue for a long time in the future, uh, is DraftKings. And I gotta tell you, two of the sport's most respected fighters stepped back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner, of UFC is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you watch MMA, I know for sure, dude, people love talking about MMA. They're like, let me tell you much to know about this guy. I think this guy's gonna win. And it feels good when you're right, right? Okay, well, this is just that. And you can win money for doing that. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot and millions of dollars in total prizes. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey. Also, duh, Hockey Podcast Network, right? Obviously, you like hockey. 
uh, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. That's right. So go freaking play those competitions. Get your money. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. That's important. And that's something that not everyone does. For sure. I can tell you that for sure. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thank you, DraftKings. Um, well, Hurricanes uh, lost one against Columbus. And, uh, dude, I will get to that, you know. I promise you I'll get to it, right? I accidentally turned my mic off right there. Um, but I'm going to do this, and then I, like, I can't not talk about this. It's been on my mind for so many days. So let's just, let's just, we're going to start with this. Uh, um, yikes. This is off the rails. Yeah. All right. You've probably seen this, and if you haven't, like, whatever you're doing right now is not as important, all right? I need you to go just search, um, I'm not a cat, okay? It will come up. Just YouTube it. You can also, um, I retweeted it on, on at Kane Strain Pod a couple days ago. It'll be, it'll be one of the soonest ones you see. Uh, I'm gonna play for you, I fucking really wish I was doing video for this episode so I could show you this, because... What you're about to hear is an attorney during like a, a real fucking legal thing, all right, in a court in I believe Texas, um, and they're doing it over Zoom, and this guy <laughs> accidentally has like a, you know how you can do like the an emojis on iPhone where you can be like, I'm a fucking giraffe and I'm saying the thing as a giraffe, ha ha ha, it's really dumb, but uh, he had that, but it was like a cat, it was a cat. And so it's like him as a cat and the eyes are moving when he's moving his eyes and there's mat like he's talking and it's like a cat is talking and it's all you can see. And he's one square out of four. Okay. So there's like three other lawyers or, or some people involved in the case somehow. You just got to listen to this. All right. Here, here, <laughs> here it is. Here, here's the whole thing right here. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, take, take uh, we're a trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? <laughs> I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. I can. I can see that. <laughs> That's the greatest response ever at the end. Okay, that's a pretty funny audio as it is. You have to go watch the video, okay? Or if you're just listening to this, imagine everything that guy said, but it's a cat. It's like a cute kitten whose mouth, whose eyes are looking around and whose mouth is moving, saying these words you're hearing, okay? This guy, there's so many things to unpack in this video. First of all, how do you... Like, what was he, letting his daughter play on his Zoom? How do you accidentally set a fucking cat filter? Someone definitely did that. They were like, this guy don't know shit. Because clearly, this guy, 
you could tell by his voice immediately when he started talking that he was he was stressed. Like my man was not ready to handle this at all. You could just tell that like he's not a technology guy. Uh, you could you can kind of tell his age from his voice too. Like you don't ever see him in this fucking video because he's just a cat. Um, but you could tell he's older, right? Um, someone definitely was like, "I'm gonna set this fucking cat filter," and there's no way he knows. Maybe it was like one of his kids or something. So funny, dude! The funniest video I've seen in the longest time. In the longest time, I, let's listen to it again. I'm gonna break it down. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter. He just jumps in, on and he's already a cat. Video settings, and he's looking around. Uh, you might want to. Uh, 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 we're trying to. Uh, uh, can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. The Judge. It, it is, and I, it I is. He's it. he's so stressed. here. She's trying to, but he's so stressed. Uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. He's gonna. I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat, dude. He's going to give, this is the best. I can, I can see I that. Can see that. <laughs> the judge is like so condescending, but also polite at the same time. Like, dude, so many things. I don't even know if I can unpack all the things that are in this video. But the first thing is he just joins. Why would you join? Don't, can't you see yourself before? Can't you see you're a fucking cat? He just joins, okay? There's three people. The fourth one joins. It's a cat. And the judge is like, uh, you're a cat? <laughs> and he's like, ah, that's exactly what he's, ah, can you hear me, judge? Like, yeah, we can hear you. But the problem with that is that we can hear a fucking kitten. All right. And then he goes, I'm trying to figure it out, but um, I'm prepared to go forward with it. Like he's, dude, uh, can you imagine being... I can't, I can't even get this out because thinking about it, this would be the funniest thing in fucking history. <sighs> Hang on. <laughs> if, if you were a part of a, a court or something, <laughs> if you're a judge or another lawyer on this and someone just jumps in and gives a serious, I don't know what this is about, you know, but maybe it's, I mean, it's court, like, it's serious to some degree, it might be, like, a a minor thing, but, like, it's still a, a, a legal thing in a court of law, like, it matters, imagine <laughs> listening to some, how could you seriously listen to someone give any kind of legal argument or, or say anything, and the whole fucking time, it's a, it's a kitten saying it, how, there's no way, there's no way, it's so funny that he's like, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm not a cat. Like, yeah, we fucking know. And he just goes, I can see that. Dude, and then it cuts off and I fucking wonder what happened. I really wonder what happened. Like, did he ever fix it? Did he go forward with it? Was he like, all right, I, I guess. Or were they like, we're going to have to reschedule because you're a fucking cat. And this is not... This is not how court works. Like, just so many things I want to know about this video. There's also two other guys that you see in the little, like, Zoom squares. The top right guy is all of us, okay? Because as soon as... Well, first of all, the, the bottom left guy is all of us to begin with. Because as soon as this guy joins, he is like, what? Like, he gets super close to the camera. Like, he's like, is that a fucking cat? And that's all of us for sure. 
And then the top right guy, when he goes, I'm not a cat, there's like a, you can tell there's like a short delay. And then the guy in the top right just can't stop. Like he, he's been trying to keep it together the whole time and he just starts laughing. And I was like, that's, dude, if I was in that, if I was one of those people on the Zoom, I'm all, you can't see me anymore. They'd be like, oh, where'd that go? I'd be like, I'm on the fucking ground because I'm crippled. I'm crippled now. Hey, I don't walk anymore because this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I just laughed through my fucking esophagus. Like, bursted a hole in it. I mean, has nothing to do with legs also. Esophagus and walking. Could have made that connect. Uh, comedy note there for those, uh, you know, looking to pursue improv or anything. Um, yeah, dude. There's so many funny parts of this video. And guess what? Guess what new drop we got? I'm not a cat. Yep. Yep. That was really low. Hang on. Hang on. I'll fix it. Because you need to hear it at full volume. I don't know when I'll use this. Maybe when we play the Florida Panthers, you know? I can just let everybody know that. I'm not a cat. Yeah. Or for anything, really. Because, like, if you think about it, this applies just in life. I'm not a cat. I'm not, you know? So we got... How about new? Because... I'm not a cat. Yeah. Or if someone was like, Hey, do you, uh... You like milk? You drink milk with dinner? And you'd be like... <laughs> I'm not a cat. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of ways to make it happen. Or someone could be like, Ooh, fish, right on. And you're like, well, you know, maybe, but... I'm not a cat. So, maybe I don't like fish. <laughs> and that concludes Off the Rails. Oh, fuck me, dude. How are you... Are y'all Are y'all still here? Are we still here? That video was so funny. I mean, oh my god. How do I talk about anything else? It's so funny. All right, we move on. I want to talk, <laughs> talk about the Columbus game. Jesus. Um, I'm going to go pull up Natural Stat Trick uh, as we go through this because I would like to uh, I would like to kind of get some feedback from the numbers on what we saw in that last game as well to see if I'm uh, if I'm just off in what I think, but. I'm going to give you my um, my quick on that one. Uh, I thought that that was top three, one of the Hurricanes' best games they've played this season. I was really impressed with, with the gameplay. I thought that... I've actually heard a lot of people ask um, this question to other, you know, Hurricanes-related people lately, so I guess I'll take a stab at it as well. Uh, and I kind of answered it a little bit last week, but a lot of people have said, like, what we heard, we hear the coaches and everyone, especially Brendan Moore, talk about like, oh, playing, you know, the right way or playing our system or like playing to their identity. Like, and a lot of people have asked, and, and rightfully so, because to me, they got to it in 18 19, and then the following year, last season, like, it wasn't the same. So I think it's a fair question. But a lot of people ask, what is the Hurricanes' identity or what is the system? Like, what are they trying to do? So. Um, I wanted to take a stab at that. What what they're trying to do is basically when Rod, it's basically all comes down to what Rod Brindamore would say, playing the right way. Like that is their system. It's responsible hockey with an aggressive, like touch. That's that's what the hurricane system is in a nutshell. Like it is based on being in the right positions being aware of like where you need to be on the ice, being in a defensively responsible position at all times. Someone needs to be like being on the right side of the puck. You'll hear that if you've played before. 
Um, it basically means like being in between the potential puck carrier and the net. Uh, so, you know, having a high forward is important. Like getting pucks deep in the neutral zone when you need to is important. Like all these things to minimize the other team's chance of, you know, an odd man rush or an advantageous situation. Um, it doesn't help you win games. So that you hear me a lot talk about like the neutral zone play. Those are the things I'm talking about. It's it's all about being, you know, positionally sound. Like, are you, you know, are you forcing a play at the red line when, you know, all of your momentum is going toward offense, all of theirs is is at you. So if you turn the puck over right there, it's an automatic odd man rush. Like it's not a good way to you don't want to play that way, right? Um so that their system is being smart there. It's also an aggressive forecheck, um, which heavily involves, and this is where I would say the Hurricanes system differs somewhat from other teams. Um, not not a lot of teams, but like, you know, a, it, it's not like every team in the NHL is doing this to the extent the Hurricanes are. Is that involving the defense in the offensive zone? Like defense pinching consistently is a staple, I would say, of the Hurricanes system. And that comes with the responsibility of the Fords covering for that. And for that reason, I think you'll see the Hurricanes give up a decent amount of odd man rushes, but it's always, it's always in a situation where they're trying to make a play. And, you know, 80% of the time the guy can make it, and I think you're okay with 20% of the time, you know, you're relying on your goalies who have been pretty good in those situations or your, your defender back because it's usually someone who's pretty damn good. Um, and, and relying on your forwards to back check and, and prevent, you know, mitigate the damage, basically. Like, I think that the Hurricanes are okay giving up a few of those chances like that because, like, it's not ideal, but because in most cases it does keep the puck in the offensive zone and more good comes from it than, than harm. Um, so that's what I would describe as their system. And in Columbus, I thought that they got to that. Like, if you're looking for a game where you're like, what's the Hurricane system? I would point to that game so far this season. I think that was the most... Tampa was pretty good too. Did the Dallas game, the first Dallas game, was was good as well. Um, but that Columbus game is one you can look at, and if you're wondering how the Hurricanes intend to play, that's the one I think. I think they nailed it. Um, and if you look at the the Corsi percentage for the game at five on five, um, 57 forced for the Hurricanes, 38. That's 60 percent Corsi forced, which is pretty high. Um, and that that is. That's what you're seeing. It's the it's the uh, it's driving the play. It's it's possession. You know, more often than not, it's that sort of stuff. That's what they're looking for. Um, and it, it 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 bleeds into scoring as well because the Hurricanes had eleven high danger chances forced and only two given up. Um, and I don't know if they count the they won't count the penalty shot in that. So um, and they're not counting power plays, of course. So at five on five, they kind of dominated the scoring chances. And they also had 2.02 expected goals forced and less than one against, which means they were really limiting all chances in general. Um, so I think that's pretty good. Like the numbers will show that they did exactly what they tried to do. And I know that some people are like, oh, well, they, they still lost and they couldn't score and like we probably shots on goal. Yeah, well, I mean, not every night. Are you executing on the the high end plays that are you know scoring highlight real goals? Um, more goals come from, you know, more goals are dirty goals in the NHL. So, like that's that way of playing to me is more successful than just running gun. I don't running gun is stupid. It gives up everything, 
And when you don't have, I mean, some nights maybe you score fucking eight goals, but a lot of nights you're not going to have it. And you're, you're going to, the hands aren't there. And like that happens more often than you'd think when guys, you know, just aren't, you, you just, you don't have it at your all-star game. Like Sebastian Ajo isn't going to be making amazing plays consistently every game without, you know, with a hundred percent success rate. Like it's not going to happen. So on nights where Sebastian Ajo's, you know, stick handling isn't, at 100%, you know, the best we've ever seen. He's not going to be able to pull off as many fancy plays, but I guess you I bet I can guarantee you what he can do. Hold the puck in the zone, look for the right play, get some traffic in front, get pucks through and score a goal, you know? That's possible every night for everyone. Like fourth liners can do that. So that's why I think it's a successful system and then and it allows and Rod Brindamore specifically wants his players to use their abilities to create chances. Like if you're if you're a you know, a guy who can stick handle, like go stick handle. Don't don't be stupid. Know when to do it. But but he's I think he's okay with guys taking chances to try to create a play as long as they can like make mistakes but make up for them. Like that's another good uh foundation of their system, I would say. Go make mistakes intending to make a play, but you better damn make up for them. Um I thought the Hurricanes played really well. I thought that Columbus got a lot of puck luck, and, and hey, that's how it's going to go sometimes. You could argue that the Hurricanes have won games off of that as well already this season. Um, I don't think the Hurricanes have lost the game by more than a goal. Well, I guess they lost to Detroit 3-1, but um, other, like discounting uh, empty netters, I think they've won by they've lost by one. So they've lost by two a couple times, but it's because of empty netters. So it's been a one-goal game pretty much. Um Every game, like they've been in every game, um, I'm impressed by that. That's hard to do, even through a ten game stretch. That's hard to do, to be completely competitive and a chance to win in every single game through 100 percent of the games so far in ten games this season. I think that's good. Um, you know, there will be games where you're like, ah, you were kind of in it, but like never really. Like that that second Detroit game, I would say, was probably the one I point to where I'm like, mm, I mean, they were in it because of the score, but like they didn't. They weren't going to do anything, and you could tell. You know, That's the only game I would point to. But even still, even with that, they were still in it because they're just a better team. So, um, If you break down the goals, really, Columbus's first goal is all puck luck, dude. I mean, that's just a bounce off of a bounce off of a bounce. Like, there's, nothing, there's nothing anybody can do about that. There's nothing you can do. You don't, you don't look back at that. That's not helpful. You don't look back at that in video and be like, here's what we could have done. Di-. No. What could have happened differently is like, Someone would have just had to have happened to bat that at a midair or something. Like it's just that's puck luck. That it's <laughs> that is the definition right there. Um, you know the Hurricanes got some nice goals. They got some effort goals. I love the Brock McGinn goal. I really wish he could have uh, not hit the crossbar. But also on that Brock McGinn crossbar thing, what a lot of people aren't talking about when they're like, "Oh, all Brock McGinn does is hit the post." Yes, correct. However, the the ability on that play to collect that puck. You look at this in slow motion too, and it's like, "Oh, how does he miss?" But at full speed, what he did was collect the puck and and basically collect it right next to him, drag it into a shooting position quickly. Um, like if you watch that video, how he even got that shot off cleanly, that's not easy to do. So you're not really aiming at that point; you're just kind of shooting. And uh, I don't, I've never really paid attention to Brock McGinn's curve, but I would imagine it's probably not on the flatter side for him to just scoop that into the crossbar from that close. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but like that's my. That's why I never liked sticks like that, because you fucking send it over the net really easily when you're trying to just elevate it somewhat. Um, I always like the 
like a Stamkos curve is what I used, um, it's, which is pretty flat if you know hockey sticks. But anyway, enough about Brock McGinn's curves. Uh, the second Columbus goal was the penalty shot. And I've already talked about this on Twitter, but I'll talk about it here. I, I didn't like the call. Um, I'll say this. This is so this the to call in the rule book, to call a penalty shot, there have to be a couple of criteria. Criterion, whatever the fuck the plural of that is, who cares? You have to you have to have denied a reasonable a reasonably high scoring chance, basically, is what it says, to paraphrase a little bit. It can't just be like a oh yeah that maybe they could have scored. It has to be like a, a a decent scoring chance, you know, like a, basically a high danger chance. Um, and you have to have disrupted them. You have to have impeded that player while there was no one between them and the goal. It also has to be in the neutral zone or the offensive zone. It can't be in the defensive zone, which it was pretty fucking close to being in the defensive zone. They called it right on the other side of the Hurricanes' blue line, which is the farthest away from the net I have ever seen a penalty shot called. And the only time I can think of that it would make sense to call that is if, A, what what are these guys doing? Everyone was behind the net except this one guy, and he's in the clear. But how is anyone impeding him at that point? Um, or, Or, B, someone throws a stick because that's like an automatic. If they throw a stick at him. Uh, that would be an automatic penalty shot in that case. So it was odd. Let's look at those two criteria. I would argue that neither of them were met, but you could argue that both of them were met, but it's very vague and there's no precedent for arguing that both of them were met is the only problem. Um, so the first one, the reasonable scoring chance. Yeah, sure. That's the one I can maybe see argued the most because he does have a full head of steam, it doesn't look like any, like it looks like he could, it looked like it was going to be a breakaway, right? I don't think it was going to be an unimpeded breakaway. Like I think he was going to have someone on his heels, but it looked like it was probably going to be a breakaway. Um, but to guarantee, you, you're assuming there was no scoring chance. He's on the, he's on the, his defending blue line. There's no scoring chance from there. Before he even gets over center ice, there's no scoring chance. You're assuming that you know, he he rockets past the defenseman that's next to him and makes it all the way down to get close to the goalie because until then, it's not, it's not a good scoring chance. That's why you usually see penalty shots called from the red line to the net because it's when a guy has a full head of steam, it's like obvious that, oh, this guy's going to be able to make a move at the net and except for this guy did this to him. In that case, like, yeah, it's 100% a penalty. But the other part of it, having no one between him and the net, Dougie Hamilton is parallel with him. I won't argue that Dougie was between Atkinson and Nedeljkovic, but he was he was next to him. It wasn't like everyone was way past, like they're both right at about the blue line. I mean, I'm I don't you know I'm not measuring to see maybe maybe one of them is inches ahead of the other, but if you're looking at that just looking at the shot of it when they when they called the penalty, like Dougie's there, he's right next to him. Now, would Dougie? Everyone wants to assume that just Dougie would have caught him and maybe even prevented a breakaway. Like, hmm debatable i mean it's most likely a breakaway i would say so like there's an argument for it but the fact that dougie's there it's not like atkinson is just you know it's not like the closest defender is at the circles and then the guy behind him tugs him 
then okay, I think there's a good argument for it there. And it's just an unprecedented situation because why the fuck is everyone below the circles? That makes no sense. Why is it, what the whole, you a five man pinch? Like that, that doesn't happen, which is why this doesn't happen. Because it's really hard for these criteria to get met <laughs> in a normal game. Um, and then denying the scoring chance. I just think it's, it's a tough, it is a really weird precedent to set. If you're going to say this is, this is, this falls under the rule. It's really weird to say that situation fits that at the defending blue line that you're going to say, we're going to go ahead and guarantee he could have gotten a really good scoring chance, even though he hasn't even made it past center ice. I think that's really, really tough to make that call. I didn't like that. Um, if you want to, if you want to talk about, you know, how, how, what, how the call before the night before with the offside affected that. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument that it affected it. Like I just don't. I also don't think that, you know, either of those were like game enders. Like, I don't think it's a ref lost us the game in either of those situations. And I feel for Columbus. I do, because if I was a Columbus fan and I lost by a goal and the NHL came back and was like, yeah, that one of those shouldn't have been a goal. I'd be fucking pissed. But you know what you can't argue? You can't argue like, oh, it would have been tied. Like, you don't know what would have happened at that point, which is why it sucks. And I'm not even going to get into the replaying that I just like, it's too, also not a good precedent to set, right? Sometimes officials fuck up. Guess what? Every single game officials fuck up. I know that sometimes it, it matters more than other times. And so you want to do more about it. But the reality of it is like in, in principle, them, them, you know, calling that goal incorrectly is no different than just missing a missing a penalty or something that led to a good score. You know what I mean? It's no different. It happens all the time. You can't replay every game because somebody made a bad call. Like, you just can't. I know it sucks. I, I want them to get it right, too. But when they don't get it right, you just have to deal with them not getting it right. And guess what, Columbus? Happens to everyone. It happens to every team. Every single fan base will tell you, like, oh, the refs are specifically out to get us, like, but every fan base thinks that the refs are just mediocre in general, man. I mean, it's a hard sport to ref and the game's getting faster and the officials like aren't, you know, keeping up. I don't think like we're still refing the game the same way we did 10, 15 years ago, but the players and the skill and everything is happening much faster. So you're having to make more split second decisions and like, God, it's just hard to do like it is. I agree. Um, I would be perfectly fine with Rod Brendamore's version of officiating where um, we have one guy just kind of watching the feed. And when a guy makes a penalty call or misses a penalty call, he can stop play and be like, hey, that should have been a penalty or that's a penalty. But it's happening in real time. I don't want fucking replay for 10 minutes during a game. That's so stupid. I already think the offside reviews in general are so stupid. We're sitting here staring at this grainy footage of a guy's skate and wondering if it's an inch over the line or not. It doesn't fucking matter. If it wasn't obvious in real time, it didn't it didn't affect the play. That guy's skate being an inch ahead, he's still attempting to be onside. He's still slowing down. It's not like he just breezed into the zone. Like, it's just stupid. It doesn't affect the game. I get it. In principle, you want to get it right. But we're taking 10 minutes to get offsides, right? Like, it's just stupid. It's dumb. But the penalty shot, I thought, should not have been a penalty shot. But it was. Um, and, you know, I thought Ned played well in that game. I thought he did what he needed to do. I didn't, I mean, uh, like I said, too high danger chances for the for the blue jackets listed here at full strength um i didn't think he was asked to do to go crazy i thought he was just asked to give the team a chance and he did that so kudos to ned for that um you know people are like i thought he played great i mean like i think i think he played good i like i i I restrain 
saying a goalie played great unless they were given the opportunity to play great. I don't think Ned was. Like he, you know, all the every goal was either a weird bounce or a breakaway. And I don't think he played the breakaways well. Like I just don't. The Roslovic one is is way tougher to to defend because it happened so fast in a tight space. The Atkinson one it's a penalty shot. So I will never blame a goalie for a breakaway. But if you're a goalie on the breakaway and you bite at that move like he did, you lost. Like you lost, and that goal happened because you did that, not because the guy you let him beat you. Basically, like you made the first move and then he just tucked it into an empty net. Um, I've played goalie before, also. Okay, so I don't want to hear the. Well, you don't know. I do know what it's like. I fucking sucked at breakaways. You know why? Impatient person. You could probably tell that if you listen to this podcast. Uh it's really hard to wait out that person. And some guys' fakes are really good and, and you bite for it. But uh, I think that there was a little bit of nerves for Ned there and he was trying to make a play. And so he bit it aggressively at the first move. And then that was just, he was nowhere near in position to stop anything once he made that move. So again, not faulting him at all. It was a fucking penalty shot. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Um, like you don't fault goalies for shootout goals unless they like dive out of the net or something. But I thought he played well. I like I, I'll restrict saying a goalie played great unless he was given the opportunity to play great. I don't think that Ned had to like stand on his head by any means. If he did, I would definitely say he played great. I think he played good. I think he played as well as you could expect or hope him to play. Like I don't think that he needed to go above and beyond. I don't think he did. I don't think he played bad. I don't think any goal was his fault at all. So um, it was good to see. Like I'm glad that um, you know Ned as well as Reimer and Morazic can go in the net and give us a chance to win. You know, it's all it's all I ask for. Everything above that is a bonus for a guy that's not, you know, intended to be a starting goalie. So I hope that Ned continues to have more, you know, good performances. We're going to see him a few more times for sure before Peter comes back. And I don't know anything about that, but I'm just assuming that, like, Peter's not coming back next week. So there you go. Hurricanes also play that game with 11 forwards um, and 60. So worth noting. Uh, it makes the effort even better to me. I mean, it, in that case, your your best players play more, so... I like that way more than uh, 11 Ford 70. I can tell you that. I'd rather just have 11 Ford 60. I mean, if you if you can have 18 skaters, you might as well. Weird weird salary cap issues why the Hurricanes couldn't, um, and because of the time constraint and everything. But hopefully Trocheck comes back. Um, you know, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this 10 game stretch. There was a couple of games where you wanted better, and they I think both those games happened against not great teams. Although Chicago, I think, is better than a lot of people think they are. Um, Especially now they've got a couple pieces back like Debrinkit and all, and those guys, um, but yeah, I've been in, I've been impressed with the Hurricanes so far. I think in general they've they've been able to play their game a few times. I think that they'll get consistently to it as we go forward, and then I think they'll be really dangerous, especially with you know a lot like Trocheck and Nate just back in the mix, uh, and once Peter comes back, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good damn team, man. So, um, well. That's been a long time of talking about one game. So um, I appreciate you listening for sure. I'll be back on Monday. We'll have a couple games to talk about. Hurricanes go up against the Stars actually tonight as this comes out on Thursday. So uh, go Canes. Hopefully they win there. Uh, definitely remember. So don't expect me to say cat things. Um, yeah. Take it easy, everybody. See you Monday.